for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You can listen to any elk hunting show or podcast, and we all hear about ways to get a response, what a setup is, knowing our effective range, and making a killing shot. Those are all major points or steps needed to successfully take an elk with a bow. But what about all those variables that lead up to that or the steps in between it? When do you set up or close the distance? What exactly is the red zone or a bull's bubble? Do you call as you're moving in or do you stay silent? The bugles seem close and then far away. What if a bull locks up at 80 yards or instead he's coming in straight at you? When do you wait? When do you draw? When do you move or just stay put? On tonight's show, it's part one of our series, Archery Elk Hunting from Response to release and connecting all the dots. This series is where we look between those major steps and fill in all the gaps. Those topics are Elk Bros shout outs and questions from our awesome Elk Bros mailbox. So my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkBros.com with your host, Gilbert Ornelas, and elk hunting coach, Joe Gilly. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons, doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello there, everyone. 
everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And as always, for those blue-collar hunters following our show and grinding it out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Ornelas, the host of your show, coming to you live from the studio in Spring, Texas. And from Katy, Texas, in the DFW metro area, we got the Venezuelan mafia Chicken. in the house. Chicken. Gonzalez and And from the central Texas region, we got the Flatlander himself. Mr. Cole Wilkes is in the house. Yes, and sir. from Cimarron, we got the elk hunting gods in the house. That's right. We got the elk ninja. Oh we got Chad, Leroy, Chad, Chavez, and WWJGD. What would Joe Gillia do is in the house tonight? How's it going, fellas? Dude, I can't believe you chickened what? out on Manano, hey, man. What the hell? going on? About, what kind man? of crap is that, Beto? I thought you, you were stronger about? than that, bro. You oh my, he's my goodness. People yeah. need to understand he, that the first intro that got deleted. No, you know, we happened. I was introduced it, properly. It never happened. No, ain't gonna so happen. Make prove it. Prove it ain't <laughs> happened. No, bro. Yeah, we're waiting for one more to come in, man. So there we go. Hey guys, check this out. Hey <laughs> guys. We have hey. some Welcome, special fellas. guests joining us, everybody. Meet Jonathan and Brent, Team Idaho. This team is our, Idaho's oh, our second team on the show from the upcoming season of Hunt Wars, y'all. How's it going, guys? He's hey, brother. Going Welcome. Hey, Check out the big beard on Brent. I like it, dude. Oh, man, look at that. Wow, he's ready. <laughs> I'm talking about Billy Robertson going on, brother. I like I'm it, dude. About. So, wait until it gets caught in your bowstring, and then it's not so fun. to be you. Guys, well, so who's the shooter? Welcome to the show. I'm the shooter. Jonathan's there you the go. shooter. Yep. There you Who's go. The and who was actually the, the one that put in for the draw? That was me. That's why I'm hey. the shooter. <laughs> you guys hunt a lot together? Yeah, we yeah. have. Lots. Oh, man. Yeah. How long, man? Give us some history like here. Come on, guys. Words. You guys are on the podcast. Let's rock it. <laughs> Little history. Uh, so we met when I moved up to North Idaho about eight years ago, and we've hunted every season since. Um, built a good friendship and and uh, we've had a lot of good memories. You guys understand that. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. So who has yeah. called in elk for who and who has finished, man? Oh, we've both killed elk. Um, we've yeah. both killed elk with each other. Um, you know, we usually have the rifle season. Um, we So it's definitely some cow calling and a lot of locating with those cow calls to find where herds are and then moving in with rifles to, you know, uh, button it up, so to speak. Um do you guys get to hunt the rut in Idaho with a rifle? Nope. I got you. Yeah, there's a couple spots that it's a draw tag only, but there's not very many tags. We put in for that actually this year and didn't get it. That's why we're here. <laughs> yep. There's a lot of us with that going on. Yeah. <laughs> Putting in for tags and not getting them. Yep. Man, but congratulations. So, Jonathan, what, I mean yeah. – Tell us about the emotions of when you found out and how, how the whole thing went. Why did you apply? Where did you see it? Where did yeah. you, uh, how did that so, all go? Yeah, so I actually saw it um, on uh, one of my other friends' Facebook um, posts or pages or whatever, showed that he liked um, Hunt Wars. And I was like, Hunt Wars, what is that? And so I clicked on it and checked it out a little bit and, and, uh, and then called up Brent and was like, hey, man we got to put in for this. And he's like, I'm getting ready to buy a house. He's like, you don't understand. And, uh, <laughs> I'm broke, man. I'm about to spend 
all my money. I have no hundred dollars. You know? <laughs> uh, and I definitely understand how that goes. And, um, and so then I didn't even tell him, but, um, I, I put in and, uh, and then called him up, you know, after the, the live drawing and, and I was like, Hey, you got to check your phone. <laughs> and, and he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm at work. <laughs> what do you guys do for a living? Uh, so I, I work for a tech company um, in the medical field, oh, cool. um, and, and lucky enough, I get to work from home for now um, in wound care and hyperbaric medicine. Okay. I was uh, actually at work. I manage a couple of restaurants in our town here, and um, I was literally elbow deep in deboning chicken. And so, like, <laughs> I am covered in, in the, the weeds, huh? all nasty, and there's blood everywhere. Right. Phone's like, buzz, 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 buzz. <laughs> You gotta look at this video. I can't look at this video. I'm covered in chicken. You gotta look. Server's <laughs> freaking out. The bartender's going down in fire. The kitchen's out of chicken, and like finally run outside, and it's like Jonathan Scott. And I, uh, I actually went home from work because I was worthless. Like, I, well, like <laughs> can't concentrate. Like, no. Yeah, I, yes. I, I have nothing to say to you. I gotta leave. I'm out. I, I gotta go so process. Cool, <laughs> you know, when when we got started, I say when we got started with Hunt Wars. I text Joe one afternoon and I'm like, I think Joe was on vacation somewhere. And I text Joe, I said, dude, you got to check this out. You and I need to go do this, right? <laughs> Would you be my partner on Hunt Wars? <laughs> Let's do this together. Little did we know how this was all going to turn out. And now we get to coach on Hunt Wars, right? Yeah. So freaking cool, man, how it all came together. And uh, we're so proud of you guys. And just want y'all to know that, you know, any resource that y'all need from us, man, we're here to help. Absolutely. Thank Appreciate it. And congratulations again. So you yeah, guys right now are going through this process. You're the, you're mm -hmm. actually the, you're the first class of elk bros with hunt wars, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this is the experiment really going on. How you feel the experiments going on? It's incredible. Yeah. I found it out. Are we talking about the vaccine or what are we talking here about exactly, man? What are we talking about? Uh, just, I'm a little confused right now. I'm not. I, I follow you, Joe. Oh, okay. <laughs> How's it been for you guys, man? Going through the going through the the coaching from Elk Bros. I just, I mean, I can't even express how much we've learned. You know, I've I've hunted elk my entire life. Um, I told my wife when we first got married that, you know, I probably enjoyed elk hunting more than I did, you know, spending time with my wife, if you know what I mean. And uh, never say that. Oh, not wise, bro. Not wise. Listen, we all think it, but we'll never say it. Real, real man right there. So you, you need to keep like, Joe, we got to switch the class around. I mean, we got to go back to square one. Here. Straight up, dude. Let's reorganize this thing. Yeah, but I, I didn't man. talk. We haven't gotten to the relationship part yet. <laughs> it's obvious. <laughs> Sorry, bro. So, so you've been at it for a long time and still, and you know, I, I, I've got to say, you know, I've seen time and time again, the behavior that you've talked about in our courses, but I never understood what I was seeing. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. like reading braille, like you feel it, but you don't know what it says. And now, you know, the times and times again, where I've called bulls and have them just keep moving away from me. Now I get it. Now it's like, oh, he's got cows. He's pushing his cows. I need to get up. I need to parallel him, and I'm going to kill a bull. It all makes sense now. Like, it, it, if I would have known you 
20 years ago. I mean, oh, where were yeah. you? Know? Yeah. Like, this, this is your fault. I haven't killed more bulls. Back in my man 20, son, I'd have been dangerous. Uh, no, no. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Dangerous. I, I, get, I get texts. I get videos. I get audio from these guys throughout the day, man. They're like, how does this sound? You know, we're working on the calling. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really cool, this whole involvement, this opportunity to work with these guys. And they're so excited. They're pumped. And I'm just, man, I tell you, I've already warned them all, man. If a critter doesn't hit the ground, I'm coming after all of them. And I don't miss. (laughs) Joe, but the good thing though, is that you're used to this interaction with Manano asking you every day, (laughs) you know, how to call and, you know, all these questions about elk behavior uh, day in and day out. Right. I mean, so, I mean, you had some training prior to, Sure. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, if you wear your feeling on your sleeve around here, you're going to go home angry or hurt. You're going to have your hand pond in a bunch. I promise you. So, so I asked this, you know, look, you know that the other guys don't watch this and everything. So we just want to know from you guys, man, who's really going to take this thing? Huh? I heard this last week. <laughs> oh, somebody listens to the podcast. Somebody listens pretty good. All right. All right. That's pretty good. Jonathan. Hey, I'm I'm not afraid to say it. I think there's some legit competition out there. Um, you know, and, and I'm not afraid to say either that I've had a lot to learn and I'm learning a lot. So yeah. don't go. count me out, that's for sure. There you go. I like yeah, it. I like the confidence. You know what yeah, they said? It, it, it only takes one, but it only takes that's one. It. So, mm-hmm. you know, and the way you guys are getting after it, and I, and I love this, man, because sometimes I do some of this stuff with them. And Brent, you know, he, he's got he's got his kids running around. He, and I'm like, oh, yeah. where's your grunt to him? And he's like, my son stole my grunt. <laughs> <laughs> it was full of shotgun shells last week. He literally fell. He probably had 20 shotgun shells on my grunt, too. I couldn't have shaking it off camera trying to get him out on you so I could call for you. <laughs> you know, uh, guys, I, I, I know, man, everybody, it's going to be an exciting season. You guys are now just, man, you're almost what? 30 days out almost now. Right. Yeah. So it's getting tighter. It's getting closer. Um, I I'm hoping that you guys go at not only excited, but feeling, you know, you got something under your, under your belt. You got Cole right there. You got one of your coaches with us yep. and, uh, I can't you know, wait. Yeah. Uh, and uh and eric is going to be with you guys just super dudes oh, man. Um, yeah Best. yeah it's going to be freaking awesome man so um we are looking forward to rooting for your team oh. now gilbert said last week last week i, I could have sworn gilbert was like well we're riding with you guys i thought he said yeah. we're going with team idaho last week is that what yeah, you said? i was i was gonna say they <laughs> say <laughs> this to every team <laughs> so i mean yeah. just, uh... i say team idaho because i'm we're talking to team idaho right now <laughs> right we are bro i'm, I'm giving i'm helping you out man yeah, that's what i thought man. look i'm gonna tell you right now it it really looks like they've assembled a cool class of guys to get this done. And, uh, you know, we're going to support all of them and I'm going to push all of them like the coach that I am. You know, I tell all my players, you're my favorite player, you know, and uh, because they all are. And uh, at the end of the day, we're going to support you guys. And I hope y'all go out there and kick ass and take names and uh, damn be the rest of them because you guys are from Idaho and y'all been hunting together. Y'all go out there and get it done, man. Make, Make your calls where you need to. 
you pick out your little red dot on the on the on the side of that bull where you want to put it and let that arrow fly, brother. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then we'll all celebrate the uh, the coup de gras after it's over with. And I think one thing that's going to be different this season, and this is only the second season, and and for you people that don't know about Hunt Wars, that's listening. You need to go check out their YouTube channel. Uh, it's Hunt Wars with a Z or their website, HuntWars.com. It's one word there, HuntWars.com. You need yeah. to go check this out because this is the second season. And, uh, I, you know, it, it's so cool because it's all about the grind. It's real guys that got into this hunt from wherever in the United States, and they're there with a partner. And what's so cool about this is they talk about shooter caller, you know, that there's a shooter and there's a caller, but both these guys uh, are going to have the ability and they're going to carry from this into their hunting, a skill set that they're going to take beyond this show because both of them are learning to call and both of them have to be ready to stop an animal. You know, if they need to do a scenario, it's not going to be like it's dependent on one person. They get to work as a team. And, and, and it it never is. I mean, it's always this, I mean, that's always the case regardless. Right, Joe. Yeah. Absolutely. You guys know team Idaho. If you guys, when you guys win this thing, there'll be a culmination of the next five to 10, 10 series of this. And they're going to put all the champions together. You know how it's going to be. Yeah. You want to be that. You want to be that champion. You want to be in that all-star cast. right? I'm telling you straight up. That's where y'all want to be. So y'all work hard. Joe, for perspective, is there any stats on, what are the chances of actually drawing for, for the hunt wars? I mean, do they say how many people normally apply for it and how many people, you know, they draft out, you know, do you know any of that? I, I, I don't know what the numbers were this season because after, after season one happened, I think there were only a total of for those four spots or for those eight spots, there were only like a total of 47 people that put in for that. Oh, wow. So, so chances are high. Were, the odds were incredible. That was season one, but after season one, and when we started promoting it, did, did you have some Chab that you know about that or? I was just going to say that that was season one. So it'll be, the odds are probably were different. Oh yeah, they were. Doubled or triple. They were way different. The question, the question is, uh, is the shooter and the caller set or can they alternate? No, it's you set. Know, the, it's one set. person okay. is licensed to be a shooter. Right. So, and, and really when you talk caller, you know, you're, you're talking about that, that team scenario because it could be different. It could be a situation where they're putting on a, an actual scenario to bring something in and where one guy's on the other guy's shoulder. And yet, you know, even though he's the shooter, you know, Jonathan's got to be able to grunt, stop that bull, maybe scream, stop that bull. Can he? Can, can, can he? Can, can you do he, that, Jonathan? Can, man? can you? No, 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 no I can. You, you, you have a diagram with you, bro? Huh? Can uh, he use a call no? in around the corner? We're gonna put, yeah, we're gonna put him on the spot, man. Ooh, no, what I'm, I'm not asking. No, what, what Beto is asking is, asking is it allowed? allowed? Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely, call. man. Yeah. Gotcha. Absolutely. I didn't know if the rules allowed only one caller. Uh, yeah. Or do, does the shooter have the ability to use a mouth diaphragm and call? Not oh, could he, because no doubt he should be able to, but <laughs> it, can he in the rules? Now I'll tell you what, when we met, this guy wasn't doing this. And I, and I would say, Jonathan, <laughs> uh, you got that diaphragm in your mouth, bro? Huh? Put that thing in your mouth. You got a bull that's coming. He's going through your shooting lane, man. 
and he's going through and you, and he is where he can see you and you haven't drawn yet. What are you going to do, man? Show us. <laughs> yes, sir. And let me tell you what, dude, that sounds so much better, man. Manano, right did you, Manano, did you, Manano, did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. I'm able to do it without a diaphragm. Yeah, like, and, and, he, and he didn't have a phone. Do either. it, Manano. Do it, Manano. <laughs> do it, Manano. <laughs> I'm not even going to say how ugly that sounds, dude. It's just like, I'm not even going to go. Jonathan, they're going to stop on the hot wars. They're going to stop. Manano was there, Jonathan just won it. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us tonight. All of us want to wish you all the best. We're, we're in everybody's corner. Um, and, and you guys have a great group of people. I, I mean, I've seen the camaraderie. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great camp. And we're looking forward to watching you this season, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Best of luck, guys. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Memories. That's Team what it's all about. You guys have a good evening. Thanks you for joining us. Have a good evening. Yeah, how cool, man. That's, uh, no, team cool. number two. Okay, team Jonathan, team. Scott, and Brent, how, how are you there? are they going to have? They're going to have four teams, Joe? Four teams, man. Four teams. Four teams. Oh, four teams. Wow. So, so we have and, – and it's basically – it was before. Last year it was four teams. Well, what they did, they did two in the beginning of the season. They did two at the end of the season. This year, it's king of the camp. They got all four teams in there. Going on the second the half time. of the archery season, and it's king of the camp, man. They're they're all going to go out and see if who's going to get it done there. So I'm gotcha. I'm uh, I'm excited to see an animal hit the ground, man. Because these boys are working, they're working at it, and I get to see them. We meet every week. They get a few things I tell them to work on to bring in, and every time we get on, man, the first thing that we do is we have a little calling thing. Everybody has to everybody has to step up and do their calling, right? So right. it's it's pretty cool to to see how far they're they're coming along and and learning the elk behavior because like you saw um or heard from brent you know you can have elk knowledge as far as i mean they've been rifle hunting elk for years man and putting elk on the ground but now when you start talking about the intimacies of it when you yeah. start talking about the behaviors when you start talking about you know one reaction to another action and a consequence then things change a little bit so it's pretty cool to see their growth dang skippy no yep. doubt it's so good to have them on well guys y'all know what time it is shout it's time for shout, shout out shout out shout out to a few <laughs> cities with the most listeners topping our charts this week yeah buddy and first we want to thank those folks giving us those incredible reviews on apple Podcasts or itunes oh and you know uh, it's so cool when we get this because wyoming elk hunter went on there and this is a guy that's been hunting elk for a long time and he was like he was like you know i've been at it a long time and even still he keeps coming back to the show because he's getting so much enjoyment out of that he really loves hearing the different things that we bring to the show and he's getting value every time and he just is so thankful he gave us so many kind words and and i want to thank you bud for the blessings as well and then we had clb niner and we had uh, car Medell. I wish you guys would put your names up there, man, when y'all do that. So we could give you these shout outs. Um, but he says he appreciates how well we communicate our techniques when we do the show, uh, and everything. So that's, that's really cool when we get those and, and, and guys get this, man, you guys out there, you listeners, our ratings, we've always been 50%. 
we've, we've been over 50% of our reviews to our ratings. Our ratings just popped over 300 ratings and we're at 153 reviews. So we got to get to work on those reviews, man, because yeah. we want to keep that <laughs> stat going up, man. Yeah. Oh, and, and also remember grinders. I, we want you to be part of the show. Send a 15 to 20 second video shout out through. You can send it as a message on our Elk Bros Instagram. You can email it to me at joe at elkbros.com. We want you to do that 15, 20 seconds that you have a clip and of who you are, where you are, something special about where you are that you celebrate, man. And we would love to have your face celebrate your place right here on the show, man. So um, do that. And one last thing before we get to those top listening cities was I had a DM that came from a guy on Instagram and uh, started asking some questions and everything. And, and then once we got to a point, he's like, the only reason I got on Instagram was hopefully so you guys could give, a, give me a shout out. He says, I love the show, this and that on there. And, and I was like, okay, but so where are you from? And so we could give you a shout out. And uh, his name is Lance Meads. And he tells me he's from Elizabeth City, North Carolina. And then he tells me the real North Carolina. And unbeknownst to him, I was raised in Moyoc, North Carolina, a stone's throw from Elizabeth City. You know, we went there for groceries, for church and all that. So it was so cool, man, to talk to somebody from my country back in North Carolina, man. That's very cool. Yeah, it was. He's he's got family in Currituck. I went to Currituck High School, and uh, and and we both cut our teeth doing the same thing with squirrels, ducks, and everything like that. That's where this all started, man. They had high school up. back then, Joe. <laughs> K through twelve, baby. Yeah. And I passed English, Luis. Manano, Manano won't ever barely, pass. Barely, barely, I barely, man. I was I really good at geometry. Of. No, no, uh, you still don't know what a circle is. <laughs> you don't know a circle? No, uh-uh, not from a square, I promise you. Uh, so there's my shout out to Lance Meads, man. And brother, thanks for, uh, for, for listening all the way from the Carolinas. And it's so cool how we get connected like that to all these you different did. places, man. Social media. So guys, now for our top listening cities. Yes, sir. This city, Joe, is a leader in the cybersecurity industry. This week's top listening city borders Lake St. Clair and in part of the northern Detroit metro area. This city produced sugar and milk as a part of the small family farms that were the backbone of the economy of this city. And it, at its peak, the Creamery Farm produced more than 5,000 quarts of milk a day for the Detroit area market. This city was named after a decorated veteran and hero of the War of 1812 in none other than Macomb, Michigan. Macomb, Michigan. Absolutely, man. Joe, you, yeah. you've got to stop messing with Beto like that, man. That's just messed up. Yeah, I'm so glad that. <laughs> what, man? You, you had to increase the font for Beto. The what? <laughs> I have what to increase saying? the what? The, the font size. Font size. Oh. <laughs> Oh, why? why you got it? Why, why do you that's mean? Just, why that's just not. That's oh, just not so right, he's, man. So he's looking at the script, and, and, and he's looking at the script in Manano and 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 
and call, and I spell Cole C O A L. How do you like that? Man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Chad, their their text is all small. Oh, Gilbert's yeah. is all big. Man. I know. It's so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's just because he wants it. me to enunciate it louder, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to have to be screaming for that one. <laughs> Manano, you're up All next, right, bro. bro. Okay. Uh, our next top list in the city survived two huge natural disasters the 1983 flood and most lights. Then in 2011, a severe windstorm caused $8 million in damages. Originally, it was named Dual Settlement in Cherry Chick Creek. Sorry. However, when an 1850 survey found that the town was precisely located in the center between Farmington and Bountiful, the name was then changed to, you guess it, Centerville, Utah. Centerville, Utah. Centerville, Utah. Centerville, yeah. Utah. I thought for a little bit I wasn't going to have to speed you up on that one. You no, were oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're going to have to. You got bountiful too, man. I don't want to say really it. good, Manano. Oh, it was good. You know, uh, really At least a 1.5. And kind guy, you know, speaking <laughs> slow dude. and properly. Oh, At least speaking a 1.5. And carrying an armored tank. That's what I say. Oh, yeah. A cherry cheek. Yeah, I, I think they might take that name, man. Cherry yeah, Cheek, man. but yeah, cherry that's pretty cherry. good, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Cold <laughs> Creek. Cole with a with an A. With an A, yeah. Cole with an A. This is what you get for Christmas, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you lived with me. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the Jackson metropolitan area, our next top listening city was once a possible site for Mississippi University back in 1841. Uh, this city is proud of its heritage and offers Southern hospitality to all. Uh, capitalizing on the theme of Mississippi, the hospitality state, uh, the city held yearly beauty contests to send representatives to the Miss Mississippi and Miss Hospitality contests in Brandon, Mississippi. Brandon, Mississippi. Brandon, Mississippi in the house. You know, I, I was reading about them, and I had to go and check it out, Brandon, and everything. And when I was looking and they were looking at the history, I guess there was such a rivalry between Brandon and another city close to them that they said for like, I don't know, like 60 years or something that the stuff that happened between these two places was almost felonious, man. I mean, it was like, wow. they were fighting, huh? Oh man. They, I mean, they, they took that rivalry serious, but so that's why I was like, looking, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I should say this on the podcast or not, but uh, Mississippi <laughs> is on my calendar for doing some whitetail hunting. There oh, is yeah. a lot of public land out there. Absolutely. Well, and, and aren't they allowed a deer a day? A deer uh, a day. Dude, That's like great. six or a something crazy. I was looking a at the tag and the amount you were allowed to kill throughout a season was unbelievable. Yeah. I think you're allowed like one or two per day and then like yeah. six within a certain period, like yeah. time period. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, awesome, I've hunted in Bibb County, Alabama, and I'm you're allowed a buck a day yeah. in their deer season. Bibb that's County, amazing. Alabama. Yep. That's awesome. Wow. They got the numbers. They do. Yeah. Next up, located adjacent to the nearby site of Sacagawea State Park Ooh. that honors the Native American guide of the Lewis and Clark Expedition. One of the Washington Tri-Cities, it is ranked 
as one of the 50 most popular mid-sized cities to relocate and rated in the top 10 for most affordable places to live in Washington, located at the confluence of the Columbia and Snake Rivers, this city is a fisherman's paradise called Pasco, Washington. Pasco, Washington. Pasco, Washington. A beautiful place, man. How many Coast weeks in a row has listeners from Washington been talked about? Wow. Been you know, unbelievable. The West keeps showing out. California, Oregon, Utah. Washington. I mean, yeah. it just keeps showing up. It was cool yeah. to see Mississippi break that up, man. That was Definitely. awesome. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 disappointed in my Lone Star State's not in the not in the hunt, man. You boys What's better get on that? the ball. What's up with that? Tell you know, I, I thought Dallas would be in my Monado would at least listen, maybe. Exactly. You know? <laughs> he never does. <laughs> he doesn't he still doesn't know that Beto still introduced me as the leader of the Venezuela Mafia every podcast. He's not in. Beto, if you, if you do that again. <laughs> you are, oh, what y'all are talking about, man. Y'all are all y'all are all way off, man. It's never happened. Okay, I got the last one and it's in fine print, so I gotta look closely at it. <laughs> He's <laughs> making <laughs> it fun. <laughs> Did Chav just bust on me, man? Oh uh, yeah. Sure. There you go. Silent sure ninja cracking a joke. <laughs> okay, this top listening city is borough of Pittsburgh and is located southeast of the downtown metropolis. Though highly residential, it is home to one of America's oldest traditional amusement parks, Kennywood Park. Other key employers include advanced naval nuclear propulsion technology research facilities and the Bettis Atomic Power Laboratories, and this is in West Mifflin, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, West Mifflin. West man. Mifflin. I don't think that's how you spell Pittsburgh, though. That is how you spell Pittsburgh, bro. Thanks, so, right? How you spell coal? Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> I, I told you, I told you, I barely passed English, man. I'm it's that dang you. autocorrect. No it's that dang no autocorrect. Eighth grade here. Yeah. So, man, dude, man, I, I'm getting. And you know, I tell you what, if you're gonna live in this town, you had better have your stuff together. I mean, you better know your math, your science. I mean, that place is kicking, huh? I bet you that West Mifflin is close to the. The Pennsylvania cat killer's house. I'm telling you right now, he grew up right there in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Mr. There Brandon Houlihan. Bet there's some guys out there that really know geometry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get to the content, man. Let's talk about tonight's show. And and look, yeah. this this was an idea that I had from. I actually had some listeners that sent in some questions, and what I was starting to notice was that. And it, and it happens in all of in all of the shows. We do it. Other shows do it. Books do it. TV shows do it. But we always talk about certain points in a hunt. Like we tell people, you need to go out there. You need to get a response, right? After you get a response, then you got to do a setup, right? Yeah. You know. And w once you do a setup, man, then you get that animal coming in range. And then once he's in range. Man, now it's go time, right? You know, you, you got to prepare to take that animal, and then it's all about your shot. So when you look at it like that, it's like, oh, that's easy. That's easy, man. I get a response. I do a setup. He comes into range. He's in my comfortable shooting range, and I'm going to shoot him. 
I mean, it sounds, it's, yeah. it sounds real simple like that. But what I started to notice was that there were a lot of gaps, and there are a lot of gaps. There's a lot of variables between each of those main points happening. It has all these subplots and subpoints where people get lost. Like once I get a response, you know, from there to a setup, there's these things that go on, you know, go on and that happen that I'm not ready for because I'm going to see them and I'm going to make a mistake or it's going to be a failure point. And that's what we're all about, stopping that. So this whole series is called Archery Elk Hunting from Response to Release, Connecting the Dots. And like it. what we're going to do is in this series, we're going to start with, for example, boom, from you get a response right there. And between you get a response and you have to set up. What are some of those variables and some of those things that, that happen? And, and I just want you guys to think about that, man. Okay, you hear a bull bugle. He screams. I mean, you, you're doing a location bugle. And man, you've just, you've been going mile after mile. You've been doing your cow calls. You're doing your location bugles. And all of a sudden you get an answer. Well, and... And this, and I'm not saying an answer where Manano and Luis get to, you know, ignore the fact that there was an answer. I'm saying that they're really excited uh, about the answer. You know, that's it's like, true. Yeah, did did you hear something, boys? No, no, no we didn't hear no. nothing, man. We didn't yeah, hear nothing. No. <laughs> 7:30 p.m. No, after 12 miles, no. <laughs> we're deaf, Joe. We run down the bottom, and the bulls <laughs> responded yeah. on the top. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. so, th so think about that though <laughs> think think about it you've been going all those miles now and it's like prime time in the morning and you get a response what are some of those things going through your head and what are some of those things that we're going to encounter between there and do the setup like for example first thing is and i'll tell you most people when they hear a response the first thing they want to do is they want to set up yeah, that's I mean, the wrong thing to do. Well, be, but it's it sad. It's it sad, but it's sad. Well, you got to figure mean, out how far he is. Well, it, that's but the what first I'm saying is, if 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 they were to listen to every show and they said you get a response and then you have a setup, right? So the first thing they think is, I got a response, I got a setup. So let's clarify that. You said no. depends, right? So Absolutely. do we set up or what do we do when we hear that? Got to figure out how far he is, Joe. Yeah, first point. All right. Got to know okay. how far he is. Why is the so distance he's 400, Because, okay, you hear the bugle, right? Nine times out of ten, it's the location bugle back. So you don't right. really understand his tone, right? There's a difference in that that response. So what kind of response did you get? Yeah. You, and, you then, get and then to your point, you get a real angry, I mean, like he's stepping on you and he's coming, you know. How, well, do you, how far is he? The, yeah, exactly. The distance will make a difference whether yeah. you decide to to, to close in the distance and first. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because what kind of? I mean, if if he's four hundred yards away, yeah, right. is he going to be screaming at you like you know? No, man. I mean, he's so far away at that point in time, right? What, when, you know? what time of year are we in? Are we in early season or are that's we a right great there? point, right you know, there. Are we in the heat of? the last week of September, first part of October, where it is freaking bonkers, you know? Yeah. Well, and they're and, all and, sounding off. And, and let's say, let's say you get a response. So it doesn't matter. And he's right. 400 yards away or 600 okay. yards away. Are we going to set up? No, sir. No. Why not, man? Cause you're not in his bubble yet. You're not in his bubble yet. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. 
So, so here we go. There's a word right there, you know, Mm -hmm. is that another thing that they, people always hear is that, you know, you need to close the distance. So here's the question. How close do I need to be? What is this thing called a red zone? And when am I in an elk's bubble? You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, you know, how close, if I hear an animal that goes off, how close, and he's 400 yards, how close do I want to get to that animal? Immediately you want to cut the distance in half. Immediately you want to cut that distance in half. All right. And then, then you may try him again, see what kind of response you get out of what him if, after that. What the if the distance. wind is wrong? Oh, for sure. For, for, for sure. Have to have the wind right to even pursue. If the wind's Absolutely. wrong, we're not going. So what right. you're saying is wrong the, or work around it. wrong, you could potentially have another mile of hiking to get it correct. E, correct or, two, or two. Yeah. Or two around. to get around the backside I, of so the I get where you're coming from now, Joe. Yeah. You're wanting to tell you're wanting us to tell the things that we don't even think about anymore. We just react. Absolutely. Yeah. We, just, because we automatically we automatically pull our puffer bottle out, exactly. check the See, wind, and we're like the bull is right there and it's blowing mm. right to us. We got to run now and get a mile that way and circle around. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's exactly what I'm saying, man, is, is we go through a mental process and, and we go through that mental process in our head that we're working from a response to a setup, but there's so many decisions. Again, we're connecting the dots here. So there's so many decisions that happen along the way that we take for granted. You hear that bull bugle like that. You're exactly right, man. That wind checker's coming out or if, uh, you know, unless it's a breeze that you know what's going on, you're also considering, are you below the animal? Are you above the animal? What's the thermals doing? You know, do you have to rock around to get the thermals and the breeze in your direction? Yeah. What time day is it absolutely mm-hmm. so number one i want to close the distance but i got to close the distance in a way that i have the win right 100 percent. yeah right? and that may mean like cole said that may mean may mean going a half a mile out of the out of the way to close the distance yeah because i mean he's only 400 but we might have to go 800 to a thousand to cut it right and then get back in his wheelhouse so the, the wind doesn't booger us also, that's the most important thing is not burning your setup before you can set up. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, think, I think I think it's important. Go ahead, Chaff. Yeah. I think another thing too is you know backtrack just a little bit a little bit from what we're talking about is, you know, Gilbert mentioned time of day, and we talk a lot about uh, locating them in the dark. So if it's in the morning, what do you do? You know, when you hear a bugle, you know, it's still dark. And then if it's at night and you hear a bugle, what do you do? I know people have different ideas on that. I know at night you want to back out of that area, come back in the morning. But if you hear a bugle early in the day, I mean, early in the morning, which is still dark and you got about an hour to up or a half hour before daylight, uh, what's your strategy there? Absolutely. You're going to going to get in and you're going to cut that distance. Joe would go forward. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to cut it in half for sure. Well, because if it's still dark, here's yeah. the here's the deal. First thing in the morning, whether that bull, if it's early season, he's with other bulls, 
then there's going to be a lot more lingering than if it's later <laughs> season he's with cows. If he's with cows, man, there's going to be a certain point of time that those critters are going to stay in their feed area before they start to move into the trees and move to a bed area. If you are out there and you, and you get those animals sounding off with an hour before we have daylight or 45 or a half hour before gray light, you want to get in as tight because you know, especially now, depending your tightness, that's another thing. People is like, well, how close can I get? And that's going to depend on terrain and it's going to depend on vegetation, man, because if it's thick, if it's real thick country, um, and I can jump in, man, I can get in a hundred yards on that puppy, man. Now I don't know in the dark, I'm going to do that. You know, in the dark, I might go in and, and, and I'm going to go to another part here in a second, uh, yeah. but I'm going to get in there at least 150 if I can. So here's the thing. I, I've said that that animal is 400 yards away, right? <clears throat> How do I know when, and I say, I want to get in to 150. So if he's 400 yards and I do the math, I got to be, you know, 250 yards, right? So how do I know engage when I'm getting to a certain distance on an animal, you're counting your steps. Yeah. I do counting, st counting steps. And we can also nowadays with our really good stuff on our phones from Onyx and base maps and fat maps, all of that, we can actually project that 250 yards, right? I, put, listen, put, put a point down and know that we're going to go to uh, it, you right? take that base map app and you have it in navigation. You point it towards that Krieger. You're going to have a navigation line that's going to go out. It's going to show you 200 yards. You're going to pop a waypoint and you're going to go. Walk. Okay. Yeah. If you don't want to do that, you know, um, what I do is I look in line with where I'm going. Sure. I take and I look at, I always carry a little tiny compass to get my bearing. I yeah. check my compass and I start heading in that direction and I count steps, especially yeah. if, if I'm trying to cut down, you know, to, from, you know, just a hundred yards, if I'm trying to do that, that's an easy, you know, yeah. um, but it's just one way of knowing how far you go, you know, as far as that goes, but. Yo, so I, I got it. I got a point that it's probably a good point of discussion. Um, it's important to understand when to call again, when you're traveling and closing that distance, because especially if the wind is not in your favor, meaning uh, now blowing towards you and it's blowing towards the animal. You want to be quiet until you're completely out of that uh, stream that is blowing your scent to the animal because otherwise your sound is going to alert the animal in the direction in which you're coming from and he's going to be lifting his nose up and, and, and smelling and trying to pick up a scent for where the sound is coming from as well. So uh, exactly. it, it depends on how close of, you are, Luis. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if, if and 90% of the time, if you're in his scent, you're yeah. never going to hear it, it again. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't going to happen, man. He's out. And, and I don't worry about being quiet at those distances like that, unless I'm at a point in a setup, which we'll talk about later, but you've got to go. You don't think the they can right. probably pick you up at 200 yards. Mm, you know, with what happens Moving? with the wind between at 200 yards with what happens with the wind, depending on what's going there, I have a feeling, mm, if you, you know, ain't got the, if you ain't got the wind at 200 yards, better, he's got you. Yeah. He's got you. I mean, he's going to smell you within 200. Yards. He, That's what he I'm thinking, but, 
that's, but, that's uh, why it's so important to use the but, wind. But terrain can shift wind too. So no if, doubt. if, if no you're doubt. getting and a response from that animal and you don't wind. think the wind is right, then you got to move and get it right. Because if he's responding, even though you don't think the wind is right, something is happening with that terrain or with other thermal directions that are keeping him from smelling you. So you had better get it right because you have an opportunity. And to answer Luis's question, really, you know, when, what distance are you going to check his temperature again? For me, it's the half zone, right? So if I'm in within 200, now I'm going to check his temperature again because I'm only I'm only 50 to 100 yards out of that bubble that I want to be in. So, so I'm going to check his temperature one more time when I get in there. And then we'll I want see you to come right back to what you just said. And, and I want you to remember that you said you're going to check his temperature. I want to come back to that conversation. But you yeah. mentioned in his bubble, and mm -hmm. we've talked about cutting and how close. And you said that you want to be in that 200, 150 mark is what yep. you said, right? Yep. There's a lot of people that say that as well the, the, in being able to check something. But then we talk about in a bubble and we talk about red zone. So in a bubble um, is really when you are under – that 100 yard mark that you're like under 100 to 80 yards. I mean, you're in tight on them. Now that's what we consider being in a bubble of a herd or a bull and his cows. You're in so tight that it's difficult to get that tight. Sometimes depending on the terrain and the vegetation, but you're so close that now whatever scenario you go into, um, that bull's going to have to react in some way. So that's what we mean by bubble is underneath. I mean, you're in that 100 to 80. You're trying to get as tight as you can on those animals where you're actually seeing them sometimes. You're seeing cows, and you know that you're in that direct vicinity. When we talk about when we talk about red when we talk about red zone, that red zone is when we're in a setup and that critter's in. It's the same red zone as in football, man. Sure. We're getting ready to score. We should be scoring. That's when they're getting in the red zone right there. Yeah. So they're yeah, getting effective killing range, effective killing zone. range. Exactly there. So now that we have that, now we go back to where you say that you're checking that temperature. Now, Gilbert, here's the thing I want to ask you about that, man. It's in the dark. You've cut it to 200 oh, yards. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's huh? in the dark. Okay. So yeah. We're in the dark now. Okay. We're still right. in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we get into 200 yards. Are you still yeah. going to check the temperature? No, I'm going. I'm just, I'm just going to keep moving. I'm going to get inside. I'm going to try to get as close to as I can to lay eyes on them. Right. I'm going to keep in the easing dark? up there. In yeah, the dark? in the dark. I'm going to keep okay. easing up there to 150 yards, man. <laughs> man and uh, okay. I'm going to keep easing up there to about 150 yards, and then I'm going to wait for that magical time in the morning to check his temperature. Because in the dark, you don't want to call him in, you know, so you want ah. to be quiet, be quiet, <laughs> ninja quiet, man, getting up in there and setting yourself up to hear what he's got going on, hearing the cows, the whole nine yards, and we're just going to be quiet. That 200 to 150 mark is ideal. If, if you can get in there and you can hear talk going on and then look, if you're hearing talk going on, That's you tight. had better be paying attention to what the vegetation is like. Cause their eyes in the dark is better than eyes are our eyes sure. in the dark. So For sometimes sure. that 150 range in the dark is plenty close, man. Until you get yes. that gray light. Sometimes yeah. 200 yards to me is plenty close in the dark. And I'm just going to sit down and we're going to listen. We've done this, right? Luis. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, several several times. Yeah. yeah. So we just get in 
tight as to where we can hear something hopefully and hear what's happening with those responses so that now we start to get that gray light now we can start moving in a little bit closer right Joe, you and i walked into a middle of a herd in the gray light walked into the middle of it seriously walked into the middle of the herd and i'm like joe joe and you, you know joe don't hear so well so i kind of hit him in the back of that because you whisper it dude you're whispering he, he turns and looks at me and i'm like joe i think i see an elk right here in front of you and he, he says give me my binoculars <laughs> so i give him his binoculars and he goes oh yeah Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Get down. I mean, we're, dude. And then all of a sudden you hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all talking around us. We're in the middle of the herd. We just walked right into the middle of them in the gray light. Grinders tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Podcast. Our goal is to share our knowledge and help you flatten that learning curve so that you too can have some of the very same incredible experiences that have given all of us here at Elk Bros a lifetime of memories. If you like what you hear or see, you can get all of this information plus so much more from our base camp elk hunting training camp, the first in a series of online courses from our Blue Collar Elk Academy. Our base camp training camp allows me to use my coaching style and share almost 40 years of elk hunting experiences successfully hunting elk on public lands as well as over 20 years guiding hunters of all ages and experience levels. This course will be like nothing you have ever experienced in concept and structure using success-based coaching techniques that will elevate your confidence and skill sets. Our camp will prepare you specifically from that final moment most in your control, those final minutes or seconds the elk is in front of you, backwards through each step and level, allowing you to see, visualize, understand, and relate every coaching point to what lies ahead, the next step, the next thought process, the next success. Because, y'all, you've already been there. You know what it looks like. By tapping my 30 years of teaching and coaching experience, our camps are developed considering multiple learning modes with text, visuals, audio, as well as video. And base camp will benefit those new to elk hunting all the way to the 10 to 15 year vet. So if you are looking for that one thing to help you fill that tag this year, invest in the most important piece of equipment there is, you and your elk hunting knowledge. You can find the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Academy and the Base Camp Training Camp at elkbros.com. That's E-L-K-B-R-O-S dot com. Keep dreaming of the screaming, believing in achieving, and most of all, keep grinding. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah. cool. But we now we're in the bubble, right? Yeah, we're, we're totally in the bubble, man. We, we were <laughs> at the point where all we... We didn't have to say a word. We just had to wait for light and watch those yeah. critters. And that bull came Exposed. walking by and, and I shot that bull over there. But, you know, so cool. yeah, it was awesome. But, man, we were lucky son of a guns to get in like that, man, exactly. how it happened. But, you know, that's, yeah, yeah. Again, we had a good wind. We were traveling into the wind, right, and just kind of easing forward, looking for anything. And Joe had just let let out a series of cow calls and a, and a, a location bugle. And 
both of us had thought, well, I kind of heard something, but not really knowing. And just eased up in there in the middle. Thank God. I Cause see it was an up, little... it was up a, up a hill. We just went over a little yeah. rise, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like Joe, so... Joe always goes uphill. Or in <laughs> so for for sure but we doubled up i mean we we, we double up and kill bulls that morning together it was yeah. epic man it yeah. was yeah. so was cool. cool so yeah i so, mean listen so, so let's change the timing though gilbert sure. now we're not sure. morning let's i mean now we're not dark let's say that we're in that morning light it's like that first 10 15 minutes and mm-hmm. now you've gotten to that 200 mark now do i call as i'm closing in do i if i do what calls do i use yeah i don't I, you know joe for me i think the more silent you can be the better until you see them you know uh i'm i'm going to keep easing in there as long as i got the wind i'm going to keep easing in there and seeing what he says now if i if i don't hear him at all and i've got got within you know 100 yards of him then i'm probably gonna go ahead and, and check his pulse see what he see what's up with him i'd know? make sure i have uh, i'd make sure i'm in a setup before i check anything yeah, i was gonna say setup. yeah it's kind I mean, of similar to kind of similar to my spike this uh this last year mm-hmm. you can't how many times how many times joe have we just been easing along and and then right back at us i mean yeah. now you got to set up right yeah that, holy that, crap here it comes and, you know and that's it that's what we call an oh crap moment everybody's dropping yeah. down you're trying to get something behind you the setup is what it is man it's yeah. just like you this don't way get... this way once you get in there within 100 yards you can all already go ahead and make your setup right yeah and see if he's but, gonna play ball so Cole, have you ever been going through, man, when it's, it is that situation It's thick woods and you know how you end up having to go around logs, you're going around rocks, you get a little bit like, Oh, was it that direction, this direction? And then you start getting antsy, like, well, where did they go, man? What do you do with that? I mean, if he's not sounding off, do you uh, call and try to locate where he's at again? What's the risk in that factor? I, so I've done it both ways. Uh, two, three years ago, Kyle and I had this very similar situation where, you know, a bull sounded off. We were checked the wind. We did all that and we're going to close in. And I, I didn't think yet I was really in that bubble and I was trying to tech, you know, check his temperature. Not only that, make sure that he was still in that same spot. Cause it was kind of the same scenario. It was just early morning and that bull was, he was just kind of feed moving up to his bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I was like, okay, I know he had to have been somewhere close in here. And this instance, I, I let out a locate bugle because that's what I located him with. Uh, I covered the distance. And I'll be dang if I didn't pass the bull up. <laughs> <laughs> so so then – Yeah, so then – so, yeah, then we're behind. And I at that point, I was just like, well, crap. He, and it was one of those situations where he thought I was just another bull following up behind him. And he kept moving up the, up the drainage because he didn't want to come back where he had just come from. Um, so we ended up having to wait because the thermals were not in our favor. And we basically, he bugled his way up to bed. And then, you know, we so ended up sneaking around. Did he have cows with him? Did he have cows with no, him? No, sir. He did, he, no, so, he sure didn't. So different animal, right? That's a different animal right there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he responded every single time that I um, would call to him, but he was, you know, he was in transition at that point. And what time of year, Cole? Do you remember? Early, late? Uh, this was probably, yeah, it was September. It was probably around the 8th 
like right, right when they were kind of doing some cow gathering. Yeah. And, and so we still have some buddy stuff going on right then too, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that's a little bit different bull. And, and, and that's just the thing is when you're moving in and you're at that 200 mark, if you're late season, when that, when that bull is cowed up, now you've got, you've got to worry a little bit because now you've, you've already announced yourself as a bull back there. Right. And you start to come in. Well, at that 200 yards, you're still not pressuring too much. And you could actually find out how territorial that bull is being like that, but still you got to be careful because man, he could just turn and start pushing those bulls. So if you want to locate him, you know, I would go with, man, some calf sounds or, uh, you know, I would try that first to see if he's going to, pipe off without me trying to spook him or without me being overly aggressive or him thinking that he's being pressured by a bull. So that's the thing that I'm saying is, is okay. If I'm coming in, I I really want to listen as I'm coming and try to hear them if possible. That's, that's the best scenario. On like a bull like that, I would expect, you know, that bull with cows, let's say I did throw that location bugle out there to him he's mm-hmm. probably not going to locate bugle back to me he's probably going to give me a slight little sassy response to almost just stay to tell away. me to stay back yeah yeah or yeah. he may not respond at all yes you know, sir he may not respond at all he may dummy up so you don't find his cow. i i I, yeah. I have a feeling that that bull if 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 his cows are hearing you coming in i have a feeling he's going to do something just to let them know okay. that you know, he's the bull. So, yeah. you know, when, when you hear that, that <laughs> when you hear that, when he's just doing that to you, just to growl and warn you, you know, you know, immediately he's like, stay away, man. You know, he's doing yeah. that stay away type thing. So, you know, that's, that's one thing that you've got to, as you're coming in, depending on time of year, early time or late time, time of day, you know, you've got some things you got to think about. Now, if it's first thing at daylight, when those cows aren't moving up to bed, you got a pretty good chance at maybe getting in his territory and making him territorial or then getting in that bubble once you know where he's at and then doing a challenge like that. So there's different variables and sequences to how you want to deal with that. Uh, Remember, as you're coming in and, and you're like, well, where the heck is he? There's some guys, man, you get nervous and it's like, well, I want to hear them bugle the whole time. As I, so they'll keep calling as they're coming in. They'll call their way and sometimes aggressively. And all they're doing there is is setting themselves up for frustration. Right? Sure. Yeah, because yeah, they know exactly where you're at. You know, for me, your 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 silence is so empowering because they don't know where you are. You know, once he sounds off and identifies his location. And let's just say you're in around them and he's going to sound off multiple times as you're closing that gap. Mm-hmm. As long as he's being vocal, you don't have to say a thing. You just get in there and keep closing the gap. But right? you, you take that bull that Cole was dealing with on the eighth. That's just right. calling up to bed. I tell yeah. you what, man, I'm going to call that bull right to me every you time, betcha. man. You know, yeah, I'm going to. You can make him think that there's a cow there in Absolutely, Estes and yep. son. It is on like Donkey Kong. He'll yes, come sir. run you over if he thinks there's a cow there in Estes. So uh, there, there's different modes at different times. And, and that's what we're trying to tell you. But as you're going to this, when you get the response, man, you and, and you're going, okay, what do I do? 
do I set up or do I close the distance? Well, if that bull screams at 100 yards, you're setting up. That bull screams at 200 yards, there's a good chance you're setting up or at least you're keeping it right there. That bull screams at 400 to 600 yards, you're, you're getting after it, man. You're cutting that distance. 300 yards, I'm cutting that distance, all right? You're checking that wind. You're getting that wind right. Uh, how far do you go before that? You, you want to at least get into that 200, 150 range. If you're getting daylight where you can see them, if it's early season and it's just a bull out there, man, I wouldn't push that. If it's just a bull on his own, I'm setting up, especially if I see him, and I'm pulling that booger all the way to me. I'm going to give it to him. Now, I better set up using the terrain, or I better be have a, a person behind me calling oh, that's yeah. going to bring him in or, or throwing my calls to the back to bring him in, right? But if that's early season with a lone bull, that's a different bull right there, man. Or if, if it's even that late season with a herd bull and he's got satellites around – those are different bulls, man, that you can do some different things with. So, so just, Joe, on, on when, when you talk about um, 150 or 200 yards, a lot of times, you know, let's, let's talk about some brand new guys that's never even heard of Bugle. How can you help a guy decide, like, when they hear that Bugle, how do you, like, judge that distance or – because I, 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 that's one of those things. Like I immediately, when me and Kyle are together, or or even like Bear, the guy that filmed my hunt last year, when I killed my bull, he, when it was all said and done, he was like, "Dude, when you were when you were about to like shoot, you looked like you were getting ready to shoot." He mm -hmm. said, "I thought the bull was a mile down the valley, mm -hmm. and he was forty five yards from us." Because what and happens he, is and he was like, "I was." he was like, I was blown away. So how do you, how do you judge that distance? Um, you know, when you're out there for the first time. So that's exactly right. Because I don't know how many people have experienced it, but when you hear a bull off, I mean, he can be off 600, 800 yards, man. And, and they sound so loud, man. And they have that, that haunting. It's not like you hear everything distinct. It's just that, that beautiful haunting sound eerie that kind of echoes. It's real eerie when they're, when they're yeah. far away, but it seems so loud. And yet when they're 40, 60, 80 yards on you, they, it's almost like they're 300 yards away because they get, they get real airy. It almost doesn't have that same effect. It, it's like the sound is lost when they're close up to you. So when you hear something that sounds like, you know, real, like light, airy bugle, man, that booger is right on top, right of, on top you. of you. He's yeah. right on top of you. you way, I, way I do it, Joe, to know is I'll hear the inflection mm -hmm. in his ra Absolutely. The rasp in his tone. You'll hear that. In, it's gravelly, right? Or even we call it growly. And you, you'll hear that little growl in his, in his bugle. And you know, hey, man, this cat's within, you know, a couple hundred yards of me or inside a hundred yards, you know. And when they're, when they're bugling right at you, you'll hear every little rasp coming yeah. out of that bugle you know i think you'll be safe to say that the more harmonic it sounds probably the further away it is yeah but, but not always the case but you'll, you'll you know, start to, to hear point. the nuances as it gets yeah. closer man when oh, it when yeah. it starts to sound strong you know he'll be at 200 yards and again it depends on terrain where it's yeah. bouncing how, what time of day it is if it's when if it's windy you know, and you're hearing a bull that's, you know, that bull's generally fairly close, man, close. if you're hearing them. And the way I yeah. judge it most of all is I go, Manano Luis, 
And yeah. <laughs> they, they well, Joe's going to hear him You know, you know the way I, I judge it, uh, Joe? Huh? What's it, that? It, the, the way I judge it, I, huh? if I get Birulakis and I go like, <laughs> bumps. Yeah, goosebumps they're tight yeah. Huh? Yeah. but yeah. It, it's almost like you can hear them inhale and breathe and stuff yeah. whenever they're just yeah. right there it's yeah. that, another thing if you can hear them glunking if you can hear them glunking they tight they yeah. tight. when you hear them glunking and they're under 100 yards if you hear them glunking they in tight brother yeah. and a lot of times before those bulls bugle they'll almost moan They'll just yeah. kind of moan and then roll into a bugle. Yeah. And far away, you'll never hear that. Hear that moan. moan. No. That's right. Yeah. And 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 I know Good it's stuff, a cheap. Uh, it's this is a, a a shameless plug. But if you go on our academy, if you're on our academy, I've actually put the sounds of what some of those elk bugles sound like at certain distances yep. to help you kind of gauge that where you start to hear, okay, it's strong, but it's still, you know, melodic out there yep. at, at that certain distance at 400, you know, it, it now it's strong and you're starting to hear that gravelly noise that, you know, where they're really, when, when you can hear those lip balls really good at 200 yards. Right. So uh, it, as it starts to add that detail, as it adds that detail, it's closer to you. When you hear just that air in that detail, man, that booger's mm -hmm. right on top of you, man. You can hear that booger breathing. You can hear him panting. You can hear him breathing. It's uh, and there and Glunkin, he's right on top of you. So now that's a that's an excellent question. And 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 that's what I want to ask you though, Luisa Manano, because you guys always, you know, I had excellent ears back in the day and I knew how I judged it, but now I'm dependent on other people around me. And I look at you and I ask you, Manano, I go, how far? And you'll tell me 400, you know, or Luis, you'll tell me 400. What is it that has set up that distance for you guys? Don't act like they don't argue about well, it, Joe. We, we always, 400, we always argue. So I go like 400 and then he goes like, Wait, honestly, no, honestly. And then he goes, <laughs> no, no, no. And then he goes, Joe, that way. And the bull was that way. No. So the first year, the first year we hunted together, it was oh, absolutely man. like that. I yeah, mean, he, and he's not yeah. exaggerating, right? But honestly, last year, I'm I not think we were. No, no, no. I'm saying you're not. Like the first year, you're not exaggerating. That was it was like that. But I, I gotta say, the last year. I felt that we were kind of more in sync yeah. on just direction and, and distance because it's, it's an experience. It's, it's a, it's thing a learning thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, yeah. so we kind of were more familiar with the sounds and, then, and the distance. Like, yeah. 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 And, and I yeah. tell people anytime you can get eyes on elk oh. and, and listen to them oh. and, and their bugles that will help you to start gauge that you look at them and then you you go ahead and gauge and oh they're at 200 yards and here are bugles okay i yeah. start to get that you know mm -hmm. you look down in there with your binos and he's down there 400 600 yards away and you hear how that sounds it mm -hmm. starts to gauge that for you so that experience factor starts to come in but if you don't have that there's ways of listening to things like what well, we have that you can kind of gauge that so um, joe's right though man if you can get in tight you know, and even if you're not hunting, if you can get in tight and listen to the herd and the sounds that they make, I've been privy to a couple of events like that where I've been literally had dirt kicked on me in the middle of a herd like that. And, and mm -hmm. I've been with Chad, we stalked into a middle of a herd with nothing but a grunt tube and a daggum diaphragm call. And we snuck in on them within a 
110 yards. And, I mean, we stayed there for an hour. And I just had – I chuckled with bulls. I cow called and brought cows to me, brought bulls to me. It was crazy fun. But just learning the language and just seeing their body language because it changes every call you make. You'll watch those bulls change their body language. You'll watch the cows change their body language. I, I learned a tremendous amount just by being. I watch the them middle. as much as you can, yeah. man. And if you kill an animal on first or second day and you got a seven day hunt, stay there and learn, man. Heck I yes. mean, learn something from these guys. I'm, so I'm going don't home with my tell your wife you killed, though. Yeah. <laughs> There's that relationship part of the education right there, man. Yeah, don't tell your wife you killed, man. So, yeah. <laughs> or tell her you got one. four days to pack that sucker out. And definitely don't tell your wife you're more passionate about hunting than uh, <laughs> hanging out with her. That's horrible advice. Here's where we're at with this, man. Um, this series, uh, we just talked about when you get a response, what to do. Okay. Wow. For all, for our grinders out there, if there's any questions that you developed from that, any scenarios that you'd like to be, you know, th that you got from that, that you didn't understand and what you should possibly do, then you email us, man. Uh, email me, uh, go to info at elkrose.com. You can el email me directly, joe at elkrose.com. Send that in to me and we'll put that on our next show in the mailbox because we did the response part this time. Next week, what we're going to do is you're, you're set up and we're going to talk about those things that should be going through your head. We're going to connect the dots from the setup to when that animal before that animal has come into range. OK, yeah. so that's the area we're going to talk about next. And the way we break this down is we said you get a response. You've set up. He's coming into range, he's in my range, and then the shot. Those are the major points that we're connecting the dots in between. And if you don't, you know, if, if you still have some blanks and you have some areas in there, you make sure that you email us with the question. Give us your name, your city, where you're from. We'll give you a shout out, and, uh, and we'll use that in there. Because we're going to go to our mailbox right now. We're going to stop on that part of the series. We're going to connect and, and go again next week with that next part. And let's go down to the mailbox before we have to get out of here, guys. Sounds good. Luis, you'll lead us off, brother. So we have uh, Mr. Caden from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. <laughs> so another Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania today. Right. That's, That's right. Yeah. So is it a good idea to try to call and locate elk during two days prior to the hunt starting? Locating them? Yeah. Or to yeah, try and call them and locate. in, but locating, yeah. I say and yes. Locating, yeah. locating, absolutely. I don't know about calling Not them calling in if you're going to spook them. Yeah, you don't, need to, you don't need to call them in, but to locate, see if they're in the area, absolutely yeah. do. Locating at night, I, I think. So, so it's more yeah. uh, it's more scouting, scouting, scouting. Than, than anything else. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you, yeah. Don't don't you know don't take it to the point where you want to get them on video. You don't want to get photographs. Yeah, no, and man. You, you want call to these animals them. in. You know, I, yeah. It and and I'm I'm with Cole, man. I'd like to do some night stuff. Uh, I'd like to do some glassing early in the morning. I don't want to be walking through the woods during the day calling 
and have a bull come in on me. You're just educating them. Now, if you're going to be on a ridge in the, you know, in the morning or in the dark um, or at night where you can locate and get an idea, then that's a whole different ball game. But don't yeah. put yourself in a, in a situation where you've caught it. It's, it's like this. I always told our discus throwers and our javelin throwers, don't leave your best throw on the practice field. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, makes makes so, so much sense. Caden, here, here's something too, man. You definitely want to understand, uh, you know, w what you're going to be doing to try and call those elk, right, and locate them. There's a difference in locating and calling, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, you don't want to pull them into you to where you're in a tight setup and something happens and you blow them up and blow them out of there. Really, you're just trying to see if there's elk in the area. If you'll sit on that ridge and maybe do a broadcast bugle, you'll hear different bugles around you and understand. And they're creatures of habit, man. They're going to be around those locations daily, right? Yeah. Uh, and it also depends on what time, you know, what time of year you're doing this, uh, where your water situation is, because they a lot of those critters in in the eastern states uh, they migrate a lot they go to from farm long distances from farms to go to water and stuff like that so oh you mean the eastern you know, part of the state yeah so yeah. i'd really like to know where he's going to be hunting you know that would help a lot to understand where he's going to be hunting uh whether he's hunting in pennsylvania or kentucky or if he's going to hunt out west mm -hmm. right oh makes, i see what you're saying big, yeah makes a yeah. big difference yeah. yeah okay i get you on the eastern i yeah. i just see the western mountains and when you say the eastern side i'm <laughs> yeah. thinking like the eastern part of the state which almost works because yeah. if you look at the eastern part of sure. colorado right you know the eastern part of montana Flatter. you start to get out into those flats and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's so a good one chav you're up okay uh this is from kelly mendel or mendel from wisconsin says uh hey bros love the show my question is about back backpacking into the backcountry to hunt solo how far do you think I can hunt and still be able to get an elk out without losing any meat? How would that distance change if I have a partner? Go ahead, Chad. Yeah, if you're if you're an individual, uh, you know, if you're like Manano and, and Cole and Luis and Joe, they can probably hike a long ways and, and get that stuff out individually. But, you know, some of us are limited as far as, uh, you know, strength and endurance. Endurance, so right. What what's the miles that you limit yourself to if you're hunting back in with the pack in the backcountry, cold by yourself? <laughs> with myself, I try to um so I, I usually carry a pretty good pack going into like my base camp mm -hmm. and then then I'll, you know, or my spike camp, I guess I would say. Um so I usually try to be within like if I was loaded down with me, I'm trying to be back at the truck within like a six hour pack out from where I kill that bull. That way I can try to get the majority of everything back to the truck. And really, I guess I would tell him like, it's going to make a difference between on like the, the time of year that it is the time of the season, because if it's early season, I might only be going two miles because I'm, I'm real scared that I'm not going to be able to get the meat out within a 12 hour period. Okay. So that's, that means me by myself packing me four different trips, minimum, probably, unless I'm just getting ridiculous with it, I might be able to make it in three by myself. Okay. So you don't want that meat to spoil 
Um, so you really have to judge that. And every one of us is going to be different. Like my solo pack out is going to be different than Joe's and Manano's and everybody else's because we can kind of gauge on how far I'm going to be able to carry 80 pounds, you know? So just, just know the limit of what you can safely leave that meat. Okay. If it's cold outside and it's freezing temperatures, man, then you've got four or five days, you know, hang that meat up and you've got a long time to be able to get it out. So that might push your distance back even further. Um, same thing, you know, with a, with a partner, you know, I, we don't really pay a whole lot of attention. Um, it's just kind of mentally in the back of our heads, like, Hey man, this is probably about as far as we're going to want far away. or be able <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. We're going to bring a loaf yeah. of bread and eat his ass here. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's yeah. An almost, so that, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. It there's be, just a lot of factors in there, you know, that could they could change my mind on being from a mile to five miles in in different times yeah. of the Ter month. Terrain topography. Oh yeah, definitely. Because uh, yeah, I feel, like, I feel like I could do two and a half miles, you know, but in uh, depending on the terrain. Uh, yeah. You know, we killed a Chev and I killed a bull few years back son it was the hike to go get him you know and if i wouldn't have had the boys with us whoo, I'm gonna tell oh, you yeah. right now, i don't know that i could have done that hike in in 12 <laughs> hours right by myself i could have got a quarter at a time because it was it was two miles from where we shot him there and back you know yeah i killed and, a bull uh, on august 31st two years ago four hours into the season and Kyle and I made the decision. We were six and a half miles in whenever the bull dropped and we oh, made wow. the decision to cut him up right then and there, pack him on our packs and hike him right back to the truck out. We each took half of the bull and it took us nine and a half hours to get six, six miles. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, it was brutal. But it was 95 degrees y'all. And we were in the middle of the, we were in right. the middle of a burn. Yeah. Yeah. No choice. Uh, there, you know, there was nothing to do, but, but pack that bull out, yeah. you know, yeah. or, or yeah. lose meat. And I wasn't yeah. about to lose meat. Yeah. yeah. What I was, what I was going to say is uh, Joe and I both killed, uh, he killed a bull. I killed a, a spike uh, within a quarter mile of each other, but we were a half mile from the truck and it took us a long time. I don't remember how many trips we took, but it was only a half mile from the truck, but yeah. you know, go back and forth, back and forth. For two bulls. For yeah. two bulls. Right? Yeah. And that so, was crazy. And and well, the problem was we didn't even have packs. So we were carrying quarters on our shoulders, man, as we were going. Mm. Yeah, we were yeah. just yeah. you know on Vulcan, volcanic volcanic rock, and you know how that is. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, <laughs> and 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 that's the other thing. It's it's fine if it's flat and it's everything like that, but you're dropping down into little you know into little canyons yeah, coming is... back up on the other side on boulders and yeah you know, trying to get over deadfall that's Beto, your chest. yeah Beto really Beto. likes them volcanic rock i know man i hate them things they <laughs> drive me batty uh, i i had the couple years ago i killed a bull and it was in a horrible spot i'm telling you you ask the boys I mean, Manano was so tired anyway, he fell asleep on my bull when we were trying to skin him. Uh, but the rocks, we had to navigate to, and it's straight up going back up to where we had to park. And wasn't that far, maybe, maybe what, a quarter, half mile to the buggy, if that. 
400 yards straight up. But, I mean, it's straight up. This volcanic rock was freaking horrible, man. Yeah. So, it's super dangerous, too. You know, you yeah. got all that pack, that, that weight on your pack and everything. Uh, something for our listeners, man, if y'all don't have them, get y'all some – uh, sticks, some if, hiking yeah, sticks, sticks, man. They, if, they're a lifesaver. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pack a bull out without trucking poles. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm telling you, man. If you're by yourself, don't go any farther than three miles, man. Try to keep yeah. it within two. You better and be ready. If, yeah, and if you've got Three a partner miles. and the terrain allows to it, then I would I could think about six on that. But but you had better be a, be somebody that can handle that as yeah. well. You know, it depends on your condition. Like I said, if I had some big boys with me doing that, it's one mm-hmm. thing. But you know, I'm good for one trip. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that's <laughs> the know, thing. Only I'm one out of that. Speed. And here's yeah. the other thing, man. I mean, and I'm going you know, slow. De- depending on what country you're in. Um, you know, I've yeah. heard people say too, you know, sometimes some people will portal it to halfway and then go back and get some more and come back like that. If they find a better place to hang their meat down in a creek or something like that. And then that way they can kind of, you know, do a little uh, back and forth, portaging that all the way, you know, back to where you need to get it there. And they say that the one thing you should leave behind you is your bow, uh, because that means you got to go back. <laughs> so Yeah, no doubt. You're going to go for, back for that. Yeah. For, and, and make sure you take the head heaviest one out first because you're going to want it to lighten up as you're going so well i think a lot of these western states too joe you can rent horses and you can rent you can and there are services there that'll come pack your meat out for you too there are but yeah you gotta take care of it till they get there too so i mean there's there's a lot of consideration and in cole's example out there where he was at in that heat in the middle of nowhere like that you know I, I couldn't see him waiting for packs. He's going to have to get that thing out of there. So he could yeah, pack it to a shady there. spot, but yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, that's uh close us out. Gilbert. We'll see everybody next week. Yeah, man. It's uh, as always, you know, Joe, uh, unbelievable content with our series. that's coming up. You know, these aren't shameless plugs at all. When we talk about our base camp, it is actually the very best. I'm very proud of base you, camp, man. Yeah, I mean, the calling, the scenarios, everything has been fantastic, right? So you guys check us out, check us out, check the base camp out at elkbros.com. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate and review us. You got to go to Apple podcast or iTunes to review us. And you can check out more elk hunting content at elkbros.com. And just a reminder, if any of our listeners would like their questions answered on our show, just send your questions to info at elkbros.com. That's I-N-F-O at elkbros.com. And like we say down here in the Lone Star State, wives, kiss your husbands. Husband, kiss your wives. Hug your babies. Keep your broad head sharp and your powder dry. And we'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Hey, guys. And like we always end every show, here's the music from our brother, Tony Wintrip. Peace, peace. 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 Thank you. Yeah, that's the way to close out a show. <laughs> what you smoking, boy? It don't smell like the stuff my grandpa used to do. When he carved them wooden ducks, he gently took a puff. A little bit of cherry was drifting in the wind. Tell that he wasn't all there He didn't have much 
He just stared up into the sky and lit another match. And he said, I'm just trying to ease the pain. I ain't trying to rest no pain. Let me be free every night. I don't want to cuss or bite. I don't ever see the light. At the end of this tunnel is where I need to stay. I'm trying to ease the pain He said you got a minute man I said yes sir Go ahead with what's on your mind He said I got a busted back And scars I got on both these legs from cutting timber Way up on a mountainside That old chainsaw was slipping right through the back cut Before I knew it I was upside down and on my butt Now I'm just trying to ease the pain I ain't trying to raise no pain Just let me be free Every night, I don't want to cuss or fight, and I don't ever see the light. At the end of this tunnel is where I need to stay. Well, I'm trying to ease the pain. Sleeping bag zip tight. I wander deep inside what your story is. And no one knows but you. Would you open up if we had a few? Lord knows the cardboard sign don't say it all. He said I'd give it all again if I could do it over. And this old bottle of Jack won't get me sober. I'm just trying to ease the pain I ain't trying to raise no pain Let me be free Every night I don't want to cuss or fight I lost my kids and my wife At the end of this tunnel Is where I need to stay While I'm trying to ease the pain I'm trying to ease the pain I'm trying to ease the pain I just want to ease the pain